Hi everyone and thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'm Richard and today I'm here with Manoj uh, who I'm really excited to talk to uh, because he has I think a pretty fascinating story to share with us. Um, but before I introduce Manoj I actually want to ask Manoj to introduce himself. Um, just give us a brief introduction about where he comes from, what he's doing at the moment and what lies like ahead of um, him for the future. So hi Manoj and welcome to the podcast. So if you could just let the listeners know a little bit about you, that'd be great. Uh, hi Richard. Um, yeah, I am like you've already introduced my, uh, me. So I am Manoj. I grew up in India. I studied in Darjeeling. Uh, although I am like proper Nepalese, but I have stayed very least amount of time in Nepal. So the longest I've lived in Nepal is uh, two months. But however, uh, yeah, I, I joined uh, army after finishing my uh, high school and then Australian integration army. So that that is another. Uh, another story so yeah i joined british army and then uh it was uh nine years in army and then finally uh after a lot of struggles and a lot of other miscellaneous things uh, i could come down to sanders and then uh, last year i started my sanders journey and currently i'm about to pass out on sanders in about next two days or three days um yeah which is i think we'll talk about it in detail in a bit but uh that's pretty much me um and then i have a lot of background in outdoor sporting, adventure trainings, uh, traveling, and then meeting lots of people from around the world. I, I literally have friends from west to east side of the world. So yeah, it, it's just so many things I can like just go on. But yeah, yeah just start. <laughs> I think that's really much for me. Amazing, um, cool. So obviously, you mentioned that you know you didn't stay in Nepal very long. So I just want to kind of touch on that a little bit. So where did you kind of grow up, and where did you study? So, uh, because my dad was in the army, so we, uh, I, I was born in Dehradun and then uh, I studied in Darjeeling, my uh, primary schools, my uh, normal schools, year 10, uh, A-levels, everything in Darjeeling. But uh, I was in uh, South India, Chennai, for about two years when I was in year three and four. That's why I can speak a little bit of Tamil and communicate with people who are uh, from South India and Sri Lanka and some of the Tamils from Sri Lanka. Um, Sri Lanka. Um, yeah, uh, I, I did like in, if you go back in Nepal, the academics is more like uh, when you go pursue your A-levels, you just choose your streams, go science, uh, arts and commerce. And having science is a big thing, a very big, big thing, like the culture in mm-hmm. Nepal. Yeah, it's more like uh, if you are if you have taken science, uh, you are very good in studies and you'll do in life, which is not uh, very much true because the world has changed a lot. Yeah, the economy that depends on uh, these skills is completely changed. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I had science. Yeah, not bragging, but I had science. I studied well. I was good in academics as well. And as soon as I finished my twelve, which is about A level over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in, 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 in India, there's like very competitive culture of going through a lot of entrance exams. So I literally went and did all the entrance exams for everything, engineering, medicals, um, architecture, and then Indian Army officers. Um, and then, yeah, and then there's this big thing in Nepali culture that you are aware, we all are aware, uh, joining British Army. Uh, my mom, she had like the biggest dream to uh, send me and make me a Gurkha soldier. All right. Well, and I've been seeing my dad when since I was a kid and he was in army and I, I had this big thing, I'll never join army, I'll never be a right. soldier. 
that's that's what I always had, but yeah, ultimately ended up being a soldier. Yeah, so I remember um, briefly when we had this conversation before, you were actually studying to be and something in engineering or am i right it was completely different or yeah so i i was about to study medicine so i was uh that that was my goal okay i had a lot of interest in study. i had uh received a scholarship to study go and study my medicine uh in uh sikkim so oh, that wow. was what i but then, uh, because I, my parents had this plan to send me on Decker selections, yeah, I had to choose to go and study architecture, which was my another interest. That's but, it. Uh, mm. Yeah, the finance for the fees for both of the sub- subject is massively different. Yeah. So I had to pursue architecture, and then I just did like two months in uni, and then just went for my selection. Right. Wow. So obviously you did not want to join the army, but um, having joined the army now, do you think like that you're, are you glad that you did? Obviously you must uh, be if you're still <laughs> in the army. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think that, that is one of the best things I did. Uh, I had a lot of different uh, people who advised me to do this, but Ultimately, I think because I was very naive, I was just 17 and I had to take this choice. But then uh, my family, my mama, my Jews and my friends uh, who just encouraged me at that stage to go and join Gurkhas. And I had my cousin who was in Gurkhas already. So he joined in 2007, so he's in take 2008. And he did the same thing. He was in... Uh, medical school for a year in China right and then he came back he left his studies and joined the Gurkhas and I was just shocked and I had no answer no logical approach to why he left medicine and came down and yeah. joined Gurkhas yeah um, yeah and then that's what uh, persuaded me to go and choose this path and over the time I think I did the I, I did take the best choice I could have taken I've lived my I live my life in the best way mm. I could have possibly lived so far. So I think it was it was a good and right choice. Yeah. So before we talk about you know your life as an army now, I want to go back a little bit and ask you about your experience moving to the UK once you were selected because it must have been such a cultural shock. Um, and you surely had to adapt to the way of life here. Um, or did you find it quite easy, kind of? moving away from you know your where you were, wherever you were comfortable living in and studying and to actually moving to the UK and having to kind of live this new life and new lifestyle even how was that journey for you yeah so I would say now looking back at it uh, it was very it was a very big challenge for me and it was very hard mm. uh, as you've talked already about cultural shocks and then uh, also because I did not grow up in Nepal and I did not grow up with people who actually all the Nepalese people who grew up in Nepal so I, I had a different growing up and then all of a sudden I was with a cohort of men who were raised in Nepal mm. and the cultural approach the uh, approach to sensitive topics within them and that cohort was different than what I was raised with so it was a shock to be within that cohort and then talk about sensitive issues that I, I don't think we should be addressing them over here but okay. those are the things uh, it, it is back in 2010 yeah so 
those those are the uh, those were the norms for them, which was quite difficult for me to understand, and I had to adopt to it. And then all of a sudden, we are in a completely different country, and just all of a sudden uh, in Catrick, which is I think the most horrible place in the world. <laughs> the, the weather is bad. Um, and then everything there, and because we are in character training, which is extremely hard, mm. hard. And once you get into army, the training that you have to go through is not just normal combat infantry British army training. It's small like Kirka, uh, dis- designed for Kirkas, and we mm. try. We we have to do everything very uh, extreme, and that's why I think we have our name till yeah. this day. Um, and that that was completely uh, difficult. Uh, and then all of a sudden you are exposed in a town in England that was Darlington mm-hmm. and then you come see these people from north who have a very very strong accent yeah uh, and then you're just shocked you, you, all this time you thought you could actually speak quite well English you could communicate and then all of a sudden you just feel dumb you're like oh my god what, what am I doing like right. yeah yeah, and yeah. people here, like culture is completely different as well. So yeah, it of was course. very, very difficult. Yeah, of course, like different parts of the UK are going to have different accents. And I'm sure that was already difficult enough as it is just having to adapt and then coming to, yeah, moving around in the UK itself must have been quite, a, yeah, quite an experience. I mean, for you, obviously, now that you've done it, what would be your kind of advice or, um, you know, how would you kind of um what would you tell people who are in the who are in nepal um wanting to join the army and come here like what advice would you give them in terms of actually like surviving in the uk or adapting here i I think it's a very it's it's an empirical truth that almost i I don't know the exact figure but almost all about 90 to 95 percent of uh, male 18 to 21 would attempt to go for character selection at least once or right. twice if not then back in the days it used to be like you could use someone else's passport and just right. come down for selection again yeah. so that used to be a thing um, yeah uh, I think all of them will at one point try to come down and the passing ratio is quite low so when I went for my selection it was about 18,000 people who applied for it and Wow. There was space for about 176, which is less than one person. Yeah. So it is very difficult. And people, because it's a very big opportunity, everyone will try. And it's not that they are not good enough, but then they have like the passing criteria is so low that people, uh, uh, they, they get diverted. They spend so much of their time, although they are good, they could not get selected. Uh, and that's, I, I would say they are unlucky, but... Yeah, I think we, we uh, I don't know at this stage, but back in my time when this used to happen, uh, it also destroyed a lot of people's life, not just made like it made some few people's life, but it also ruined uh, a lot of people's life because they just invested their three years of life and then they have nothing to uh, gain from it. Mm. Um, I think what they should do, like whoever is going to selection, Go go in with everything they have. Just commit for it. If you are fifty fifty, just don't commit for it. But if you are committing, then uh, do not leave your studies. Do not leave what you are doing. It's just like you can train and you can study, but just don't go all on it. Like mm-hmm. you can, which is very hard. Which is very which was very hard for me. Go once, 
uh, give you hundred percent and try to manage that time. Don't leave whatever you are doing. Mm. So I think that happened a big issue within that uh, cohort of men who tried to go for selection and left their studies completely. Yeah. And then after three years, they cannot get in Kirkus and then they're just there with no studies, um, no qualification. There's no vocational qualification culture in Nepal. And then they just go overseas and then just work in a random place. Mm. Uh, I think that would be a big uh, advice that I could give. Mm. Just commit for it, but don't leave what you're doing. Yeah, I mean... I think sometimes we do take it for granted uh, because there are so many men, like you said, who are trying to join the Gurkhas. And I think we forget that it's such a privilege for some people to get in and luck needs to be on this side as well. And at the same time, it's, it's sad because they are losing a lot in that process because even though sometimes they're giving up everything to try and join, they don't get in and... Um, you know, some of the stories have been pretty sad because I know some people, they even, you know, suicide and whatnot because they haven't got in because ultimately that's like the ticket to life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, but looking on the bright side of things, um, I want to know more about what you're doing now because I know you're in training or you're just about to finish training. And by the time I release this episode, I think you'll have already finished everything. Um, so kind of talk us through how did you get selected for um, commissioning from Royal Military, Royal Military Academy, Sandist? Um, and what what's the process been like for you and how's the experience been so far? Uh, yeah, so to answer that question, I'll link back to the uh, previous point that I made. So um, I think every Gekka soldier who made through here, like one person, less than one person, they are like the finest people. Mm-hmm. And they have like, they are, they are the, they are the what, what do we say, the cream of Nepal. That's, that's how we refer in army right. itself. Um, I think uh, everyone has a lot of potential to do it, but we just get diverted and distracted once we get into the army it's just like ah oh, done that now it's done like right. we, settle, we just settle down we just go for the mediocrity and then it's just like that crisis hits us and then we just uh not picking on up on people we just get married we just think like oh everything is done but you are just 19 and mm. you're 20 and then you just achieve a big thing in your life and you just settle down for it and then that is one of the biggest hindrance like girl soldiers uh, we're facing, are facing, and will face if they don't realize that they are too young to just stop giving up, like just stop giving up on their dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then coming back to the uh, Sanders, uh, we have very few uh, ex Kerga soldiers who have come to Sanders and uh, counting me in our time. I am the uh, fourth guy from Royal Kerga Rifles who came to Sanders uh, in last so many years uh so we have had 206 years there were a few um senior officers who back in 1980s uh no one has record i don't have record but i have overheard <clears throat> maybe one or two who came to sanders in 1980 ish uh, and then they commissioned from here and they did good uh, but then to my knowledge that i can track back is uh, i am the fourth from rgr and within brigade of Kirkus, i am the sixth, uh, I think I'm sixth. Yeah, I, I should be sixth. That's um, amazing. Yeah, and, and, and in last 206 years of history, uh, yeah, having just six or eight people from 
uh, Brigade of Kerkash, the Congress handlers, is, is a big thing, uh, is a big thing, and I'm very proud of it. Um, but um, to be here, it took a long time for me, and so did for the others who were before me here. Um, so although I, I was supposed to be in Sanders about 2015, I had recommendations. So how it works is like uh, you perform well, um, your officers who you work for will support that uh, ability in you to command people. And then over the time, they will just uh, test your abilities and then they can give you a recommendation to go and attempt the Army Officer Selection Board, which is uh, open board for everyone. Um, and that's how it works. And once you go there, and you have to just go through the selection like any other uh, male or female or anyone who would go for the Officer Selection Board. Mm -hmm. And it's completely the same. So yeah, getting that opportunity is very difficult. And especially in RGR, where everyone is very competent. Uh, and then there is no culture of sending people in uh, AOSB, which is Army Officer Selection Board. Um, yeah, having got that opportunity of, uh, the, I got a recommendation in 2015, but uh, I was stopped by so many other things. Uh, just uh, back to the cultural things that uh, we have within our Nepali culture. Like uh, <clears throat> there are so many, like uh, we, we, we don't address uh, casteism, racism, mm. and other things within our cohort, uh, which is a big thing. And uh, we, we are still stuck on that those things. Um, mm. I think it, it would take time and it would not change over maybe a decade or so. Uh, there, are, there are things that happens within regiment. There are regimental uh, culture and then there are um, people who you don't get along with. There mm. are um, some people who just don't like you for no reason. There are people who support you, will push you, who will motivate you. But then that is life. That, mm. that is how life is. Uh, and and, and uh, because of all those recent circumstances, I could not... Uh, come down in 2015-16 we went uh, to Afghanistan in 2016 mm -hmm. and then when we came back we just I was like oh, it was time for me to go and do my uh, course to get corporal mm -hmm. so I was corporal before I joined uh, okay. so I did my courses and I did really good in that course so um, I got top student instructor recommendations distinction and that had not been done by anyone in Tuaja for a long long time and mm. I did it in 2016 until 2021, no one has done it. And right. that was a uh, proof that uh, helped me to um, come through again. And yeah. in 2018, 19, um, I was in Brecon and I was recommended again. Um, and then I went through the AOSB in the end of 2019 to early 2020. And then COVID happened and then a year long uh, break. And I had to commute from Brunei because I was in Brunei at that time. Right. Yeah. So um, came from Brunei to do my briefing course in selection board and then did well, um, went to my main board, did well. And then you usually get categories in your main boards, category one, two, three, four. Uh, I don't know why, but I got category one. I, 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 didn't, I did not thought I would be like, I was still thinking I would not pass. I was like, uh, at the back of my head, I was like, oh, this is my one on, on the opportunity that I have got. I have to do it good. Mm. So it happened to be really, really good. And I just flew through it, all of the selection, narrowed down the time. And I was here in early of 2020. Um, and, and that's how we can do and we can go. And since then, uh, since I passed my main board, I've been um, motivating 
soldiers around Brigade of Kirkus, uh, and because I have proved that I I am here and I am here, and people do approach me because uh, soldiers all across the Brigade of Kirkus, uh, for example, someone from uh, ONRGR, uh, QGLR, and then Queen's Kirkus Signals, the and Queen's Kirkus. Uh, engineers they, they, they approach me they, they message me and then they ask me for advice on how to do it mm-hmm. and then in mentoring coaching and then uh, there were two of them one from one RGL one from QHLR and uh, amongst them two one is here in Sanders okay. and it's just, it's just uh, I just feel good because yeah. mentoring him and he's following my step and he's one tone behind me and it just feels nice that uh you could make that impact in people's life. Mm-hmm. And there are many others within Brigade of Kirkus uh, who I have been talking to and I've been giving them advice and same thing again. So it's it's hard to get into Kirkus, but it's even harder to get selected to come sure. down to Sanders. And then if we do send people who could who have good like who have the ability to come down, I think there are more of um, Nepalese people or Gurkhas soldiers uh, who can come down because we cannot like if we could we could have just one selection directly for officers yeah. we don't have that luxury or opportunity mm. but if we do keep up this culture and send more uh soldiers on selection i think many will do well yeah and be here and not just live a soldier's career but instead be officer and then yeah your officer's career which will be yeah. nice yeah it's yeah. really um interesting to hear your story like i did not know obviously you were recommended back in 2015 i thought it was like the first time you were recommended and then you know it was just like a you came straight in but um yeah it's interesting because sure yeah like you mentioned work politics it happens everywhere but you pushed through it and it's really um encouraging to hear that you know you were recommended again and then you made your way through and then obviously covid happened so i feel like there were so many hurdles that came your way but you've overcome them um I think what's also really inspiring is that you encourage others um, and, you know, sometimes you get to the mindset that, oh, I've made it, that's it. But I think it's nice for you to be able to share what you've learned and experience, your experience and share it with people who also want to follow your journey and bring more Gorkas in. Um, and that's really nice. And I think, yeah, it's good to hear your story regarding that. Um, so I want to ask, you obviously said you talk about um, not settling and not giving up. And I think from what I've heard um, you say, you seem like a very driven person. So what kind of motivates you and why do you think you were recommended not just once, but like twice, like again, um, what makes you special? And why do you think, do you think everyone can have it? Or do you think it's just, it was in you, like you were kind of born with it? Well, uh, that's a very big, uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I, I was being taught in Sanders for last one year. So we have like academic uh, section where you talk about uh, communication and applied behavior science. And then where, uh, because uh, being an officer is nothing but just uh, being people's person. So your right. skill as officer is not that uh, your officer in the 1950s or eight, 1800, mm-hmm. but you just sit down there with your postures and someone brings you coffee. That's 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 all points of an officer where you're very rich and you can just be officer and people will serve you. Uh, that idea now is more about uh, the whole motto of Sanders is like to lead. So the leaders now, the officers now are more like the proper leaders, mm-hmm. uh, lead men who are officer for serving their men serving the people and that is the british army's concept uh maybe after i think it, it, it really changed after second world war where 
where you have to go and do some action and that links into <clears throat> being uh, the officer and then serving your soldiers and there's so many other factors that will motivate you and then if you go to a psychological side and then so many other scientific facts there are things like uh, your intrinsic factor extrinsic factors and then so many other things but uh, for us just to understand that uh, i think for me um, what it had been is um, i think it's just being um, very simple and um, um, just trying to do best in whatever you are in um, i think those are the very basic things that uh, help me achieve the next thing and then again when i am on that spot help me achieve other thing and if you are like very like if you don't have any bad thoughts about anyone and you're just there doing your job and not bothering about your next promotion not bothering about uh the big bonus you're about to get and instead actually enjoying your job mm-hmm. and then learning your job and then uh, understanding the system and then maybe uh sometimes just uh using your uh understanding of overall wherever you work and then skip things and do things for your, your subordinates or your colleagues uh that will help them achieve um whatever they want to achieve and whatever you want to achieve and i think uh, uh being simple um, understanding your system uh being good with people around you and then enjoying whatever and wherever you are yeah there will be bad days there will be worst days there will be miserable days and there will be if you are nawi there will be days where you are just in the worst of worst it can ever be and if you can just have that humor in that moment uh, that will just go through um mm. i think living a soldier's life and a gurkha soldier's life uh had taught me to not take things for granted a lot mm. um because like just sitting down here in nice room is a luxury mm-hmm. doing nothing is a luxury it's just, just i think so much nice you can just so peaceful mm. there's no one bothering you um there are times when uh, you're just wet and then you haven't slept for last 40 hours or 50 hours you haven't eaten good food um and you know you will not sleep for another 24 hours <laughs> and then you at those moments you just sit down and think like okay if i had to do nothing just be in my room how lovely would that be um if i can just have hot coffee in the morning oh my god that is so wonderful so i think taking uh things we we tend to take things for granted mm-hmm. um an interesting thing that i will just link in which is i just remember so i met uh prince martin recently like yes day before yesterday mm-hmm. so he did his all arms commander course which is one of the rds course and martin being prince uh he had a, a different life and he although he did sandus as well uh, and then when he went to do his all arms commander course uh, it was very physically demanding and they try to make it hard and difficult so that you can understand and value the trivial things in your life that mm-hmm. you can do and uh, martin were martin me and my friend we were just talking about things and there was this uh, one of the uh, female friend um, she was just like uh, i have not done anything in my life 
uh, like as in like any difficult things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been uh, um, I have been lucky in my life. I did not have to work out my uh, half everything. So she she basically did not have to. She's basically princess. She doesn't have to mm-hmm. do anything. Everything is done for her. And then uh, small things like uh, uh, she complains about remote not working. Right. Uh, yeah. She complains about uh, food being just a little bit salty. And Prince Martin, having done the commander course, uh, just was telling us about like he was having worse time, and then she was just there, and she's like, "Martin, can you uh, fix this remote? This is annoying me so much." And Martin is just there, sitting down, rolling his eyes, like, "Okay, your remote is not working. <laughs> right? And, uh, people have problems. Your remote is not working. Your popcorn is not there. Your is not working." And and, and I think it, it's just like we tend to take everything in granted and mm. if you like to appreciate things more and then just just I think for me I have lived my life in this way so I have always been motivated by myself um, I I have I, I try to live every moment so I have been very close to uh, dying in some instances so okay. I'm just like okay I'm just alive so I can make most of it mm. so this time I, I i'll just try to do everything i could do yeah and then and i i don't think i could actually tell what exactly things you have to do to be very motivated because i've always been motivated mm. I'm very uh, simple trying to do my work understanding system um uh, uh, going for run reading yeah. books um yeah. i think all of those good habits that you that that are there like everyone knows if you read book, that's good. Mm. Everyone, if you don't drink, you'll be good. Everyone knows if you go sleep at 10, which is already 10, I think. <laughs> you sleep at 10 and wake up <laughs> at maybe 4 or 5, go for a run, that is a good thing. Yeah. It's not to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's nice. I suppose it is about counting your blessings and understanding what you have uh, about what you have and cherishing those moments. And I think you also mentioned habits. And yeah, the earlier you learn good habits, the better. Um, So obviously, just to quickly wrap it up, like you mentioned about how uh, you got selected and the process for that. So what's the journey been like when you have been in training? What have been the worst days for you and what has been the best days for you? And how would you like summarize it? Um, in terms of how your trainings kind of been, yeah, um, yeah. Like, uh, starting with when you are in school, everything is given for you, everything is done for you. you don't yeah. have to worry about anything. And all of a sudden, you start to work. And then for me, I I, I was in Gerkas. It was one of the, it is one of the hardest selection in the world to get into army. And we had to go through it. We, I went through it, and that taught me a lot of lessons. And being in Catrick itself was worst. And then I went through it, nine months of training in Catrick. Uh, the worst time in there was we had this, uh, we call it defense exercise, where mm-hmm. you have to dig in and make a trench, like proper World War trench. Wow. And then you do that for about 36 hours, and then you make trench, and you fight from trench, and then you get attacked, and then there is, like, chemical attacks. So now you have to wear your respirators, yeah. your CBR, and chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear suits oh, so that okay. there is the concept is like no chemical goes into your clothing yeah. and penetrates your skin and then once you are wearing that there is no air coming into your body directly so not sleeping for 36 hours wearing those CBR clothes not being fed properly not uh, not being able to do small good things 
you're just stuck there. I don't feel it's raining. Um, and then uh, you're hungry and then you have to run out from that place which you have ducked in for about 36 hours with your <coughs> Bergens. Bergens is the big bag that you carry right. as our army. So carry your Bergens, your weapons. So your Bergen is about 30 to 35 kilos. And then you are not dressed proper, properly because you, everything is messed up. Everything is hanging out. You have to wear your helmets and then you have to wear that uh, mask. And then the rifles and the machine guns. Rifles are about five to six kilos. <clears throat> the machine guns are about 12 kilos. And then you have to carry all of those and then run. Um, oh, gosh. Run, walk, tap about two kilometers. And for me, I, I, I had to carry that GPMG, which is about... 10.6 kilos with ammunition is about 12 kilos. I have 35 kilos of Bergen. I'm not dressed well. And then I had to go about 1.2 kilometers with that. And then I, uh, someone came down and swapped with me. So I had my rifle at that time as well. And then uh, one of my platoon commander, he's the like, boss of our platoon of 30 men. He came down and he's like, okay, you're carrying nothing. Uh, so carry this tripod. So tripod is about 18 kilos. So I had to carry straight after maybe 30 seconds of leaving the GPMG, I had mm. to carry that tripod on me and then walk another 800 meters with that. And at that point, every pose in my body was struggling to have oxygen. Mm. And that was the most difficult thing because I was so stubborn and stuck in my mind, like I am fit, I will do through it. I will, even though they are trying to break me, I will not break. And then I could not help, like tears were coming out of my eyes. Like, right. Every pore of my body was like, like literally crying. Wow. <laughs> and then once we had that opportunity to take out our respirators and just stand there, I think that was when I first realized how beautiful just standing is, mm. breathing is. That was one of my hardest time there. And then the best time in Catrick doing my basic training is, um, I would say the whole journey itself when you, when you have done this big hurdle, nine months of difficult time, and you sit down there just with your section wings and then talk about things, it's just beautiful that you have achieved. You, yeah. you are there, you've done it. And then through the journey, uh, I've been overseas. I've been on operation training throughout doing my job, inspiring people, motivating people, motivating yourself to do things. I've done a lot of military courses, a lot of veg trainings, and uh, I always was there as like someone who wanted to do a lot of things i also like always like oh okay i want to study i want to do go to adventure training i want to go to maybe some academic studies um i want to take people i want to teach people how to do it mm -hmm. I, I was a physical training instructor as well oh, wow. so, so many things and yeah. uh, throughout my car uh, career it had been a journey of inspiring motivating and getting motivated by someone else and uh, i think uh over this time the best thing would be uh, i had this opportunity where i could financially support my family my sisters mm. their educations um and also my younger sister she's here in yuga funding our education at nice. the moment but i think whatever you do your family you fight you don't you don't have good time with them you have issues yeah always stick to them because they are the one whatsoever wherever you go they will always be there so you cannot get rid of them and they mm. cannot get rid of you so yeah do something for them so i had this opportunity where i could fund them and i took them around the world for holidays and nice. i think despite I, I sacrificed on my few of my holidays i could take them out yeah uh, that was i think the greatest feeling for me like oh i did this uh working earning money traveling is good but when you do something for someone else like your sure. family that is uh very that, that gives you a big uh, sense of achievement and motivates you more 
and then the bad thing that I have done throughout this is maybe uh, um, there are not many bad things that I have done, but I think we, we all have that phase where you have like uh, things that you have done bad. So um, I, I don't remember any on top of my head, but uh -huh. I think it's just like when you when you hurt people or when you do something that you you know you shouldn't be doing and you actually do it, but right. you cannot help like. I think there are those things, I, and I'm sure I not I'm not perfect, but I have done something like sure. that. So I think those are the things that uh, would be something that I oh, shouldn't have done, and I did it. Um, and then coming to Sanders part, Sanders itself, this is a beautiful place, gigantic. Uh, it's repeated. Uh, I have now friends from all over the world who are like the royalties of the different countries and it, it, it is a place where you integrate, you learn. Mm. But it is, for me, it was very difficult because um, I had to re-go and do the phase one because one is the basic thing again. But mm. then uh, yeah, having that uh, people getting that opportunity to explore and learn more about uh, being a good leader, understanding people and whatever I wanted to do, I am being taught that now. Mm. There are professors who have been doing studies for 30 years, 40 years on how to motivate, how to teach people, how to be an officer. So I, I, had the, I had that opportunity to come here and do everything. And I think that is uh, the best part of being in Sanders, mm -hmm. people, and then opportunity to learn more and to be better of what I wanted to be. And again, the backside is like the downside is. Um, so um, the things like we, we went through about two terms of um, COVID uh, restrictions, so yeah. you're just going with the same people for about uh, eight months, and you get bored. Mm. Uh, you, 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 it's just not, it doesn't work when you're stuck with same 20 people for yes. about eight months, and then you have to go through the bad time. Um, yeah, and I think those are the things, and then being done, having done the uh, phase one already was, was a thing that I did not fancy, because I'm just there, like, uh, I... I literally know almost everything of the tactics and then I am um, sometimes I was just uh, overwhelmed by doing so much mm. for and then getting told off for helping people all oh, right I, okay yeah, I can't just like I, I for me something that is normal when someone looks at it it just looks like I'm just being uh, not letting them do their thing right uh, yeah so I think th those were the uh, downside of being here as a Person, as a soldier who have had a lot of experience mm. um, yeah but overall it's it's it's, it's uh the good side of being here is like in two days time i'll commission from here i'll yeah. be a brand new second lieutenant i'll start my career all over again as an officer mm. and um yeah i have like, a whole world a whole new opportunity to start career to rewrite everything relive everything mm. and uh, be there be an officer become like I, I will have troops i command them and it's just it's a wonderful feeling that uh in three days of your officer and then yeah all those um skills people where you can actually inspire you can change life of 30 people mm -hmm. um and then even more when you are doing job and then you come across people uh, i'll be in uh north uh, around uh signals i'll be working like just besides the headquarters i'll see them day in and out it would be such a good immense opportunity to just be there and uh just, just being there, I think that that will motivate them, and yeah. I'll try to uh, mentor as many as I could, and then, uh, yeah, inspire them, get motivated, be fit, mm -hmm. uh, strive for whatever I can in future, and and, and that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it sounds like 
you are someone who doesn't hold a barrier in front of you I feel like you're someone who seems to just go for it like what are you most scared of what what scares you or what fears do you have because by the sounds of it you're always going for it you know even if it's something you haven't done you always want to try new things and I think sometimes people stop themselves because they're scared of uh failing so what keeps you kind of like what is there anything that stops you from going for it or are you just fearless um I think uh, like the fear itself is that you can you can give a meaning to it you can elaborate it and then you can just challenge like oh, this is my fear this is my fear in like uh, maybe emotional side or uh-huh. maybe uh, physical but I, I personally believe over this time I don't I don't have a fear of doing things or uh, attempting anything because um, uh, in this context, I'm talking about something you could just physically do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't have. I think I just lost that, I, I, or or maybe over the time because of the journey I have had. Mm. Uh, just uh, I my, my I can just naturally calculate the risk and then just go for it. Mm. So every time I am like uh, just there in front of some a risk that is immense, I just go for it because. Uh, I passively do a, my calculation in my mind where I think like if I do this, there's this safety that I am whatsoever I will not die. Mm. So example would be doing a bungee jump. Mm. You have like your rope tied on like on your feet and then whatever you do, you are not going to die. You're just mm. gonna go down, have that adrenaline rush and then you come up. Mm-hmm. When you do skydive, you just fly, you have parachute, you have safety parachute, um, you won't die. Mm. And then uh um when you are doing live firing like bullets are going around there's like i passively count like i do my risk assessment i'm like okay if i do this i won't die mm-hmm. uh, so just go for it i do it that's my physical side mm-hmm. of course like if you're going uh on bungee jump and you don't have ropes and you, you have to jump you're like i would not do that yeah because, like, yeah of course courage it's just like madness yeah so, the physical fear i i think uh touch wood I hope nothing bad happens, but uh, I think it's just me like doing my calculations and I can do it. I, I'll just go for it. But then there are things that, uh, like you mentioned already, fear of failure. Um, I think we all do have fear of failures, and especially being uh, um, Nepalese and having that Nepalese culture where people talk. Um, you you have that um, environment, like and especially being in Gurkhas where. You work with the same people for about the rest of your life, mm-hmm. 20 years, 15, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years. And then, you know, usually in Kirkas, which is very competitive core, yeah. um, I think uh, not, not, it is proven, it is the best regiment, infantry regiment in British Army, in world. Uh, you are working with the best of the best. And you're working with the um, same cohort for such a long time that anything bad happens, it's just everyone is aware of it. And you become so sensitive about it, like you uh, don't commit for your goals. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I think I do have fear of failures, but uh, it's just like that mentality where I am like, I like this is my potential. If I go for this, I'm going to smack it. Um, but however, if I fail, um, it's all right. Uh, I, I went for it. I did yeah. it. So far, whatever I've committed, I have gone through it so i've done it uh, but um there are small things that I, I might not have done achieved but those are like not my priorities um and i i, I think i 
everyone we do have fear of failure but uh like considering if you start thinking about what people are going to say what they are going to do uh do your calculations mm-hmm. um, I, I might sound very realistic person but yeah i think just do your calculations and just instead of thinking about what they can do plan like maybe in six months time if you're going for a special project selection train on your physical fitness train on your mental resilience train on your uh, cognitive ability um, and that will help you to at least uh, pass one more phase in whatever you are about to attempt rather yeah. than thinking about okay if i fail they will talk about me my career will go downhill and then people mm. will accept me so i think and i i'm, I'm the one thing i'm here uh, i'm scared of is ghost Okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Out of everything. Okay. I think of ghosts. I think everyone is scared of ghosts. I that's what I believe like we all are scared of ghosts. Uh I yeah. I would not go to a place that is haunted and then that is just like going to a cliff and then jumping without a rope. So sure. I'm scared of ghosts. Okay. Um, I will admit it hands down. Yeah. But then uh the good thing about uh my personality or how I cope with it is like I'm scared of ghosts but if I have to go through it I'll go through it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If the ghost is there, okay. Uh, so what? Uh, okay, I'll go through it. Um, and the last thing that I'm scared is like, uh, I think it's very, um, um, very silly, but uh, losing your uh, close ones, like uh-huh. losing your family, yeah. friends who are really, really close to you. Um, I think that 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 is one thing that I'm very scared of. Like, I think I will be scared of. Uh, I've been. I've known so many people. So mm. Other than that, I just like it's just hard. It's just yeah. not good. Yeah. No, I think that is. Yeah, that is a deep fear for everyone but thank you um it was very yeah uh, it was very eye-opening and we got to learn that you're scared of ghosts so yeah <laughs> fact of the day um thank you so much for sharing your journey so far and um you know everything that you've been through is very interesting i guess um lastly just for the listeners you do have a youtube channel i, I don't know if you still post but there's some very interesting videos on there <laughs> which is uh, I think it's nice to look back in your like uh, past years and just reminisce I think that's it's always good so if you know whoever's interested do check it out I'll put the link somewhere in the description um but I mean besides you know your army life what what do you do um what are your hobbies um and yeah what are you into outside of your career Yeah, just just because you reminded me of my YouTube, like I've been immensely busy last two, three years of four years. I think the last one I posted was uh, the North Mall trek we went for. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, been very very busy with my life, and I haven't posted anything. But my videos, some videos have more than two hundred fifty k views, and then there are others which are just like maybe. thousand views and it's just random so uh it's interesting i have a video where when i was like 19 or 20 years old and i just speak in front of the camera and then i just talk about how badly i miss my uh, numberies mm-hmm. my friends my classmates who are in brunei and i'm just stuck in brecon uh, which is in wales and all of a sudden climate change and i'm very hot to a place where there's no up to my knee level, knee level mm-hmm. and it's bad and uh, i just talk randomly and it has for some reason mad views so it right. is like two on, close to 200k um yeah it's just me talking 19 year old or 20 year old me just talking about um 
how bad my life has been. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even bad. And I look back, I'm, and I'm uh, like so. Uh, the Nepalese people who aspire to go for Gurkha like can proceed, and everyone beyond 2014 who joined Gurkhas, they, they this whenever they see me, like, oh, we know you from that video. <laughs> right. I want to survive. And it's so weird, like, uh, once I was in Pokhara and there was this uh, big uh, group of people which just sitting around the table and a um, few of the boys knew me and then um, some of them, they did not know me, but their girlfriend, their wife, they knew me. <laughs> They're like, oh, Tabe, one is one is that, you know, one is survive. No, uh, oh my God, this is awkward. Like, how yeah, you know you're a YouTube star, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, and they're talking about Nordic law, so I am I am a qualified mountain leader. Oh wow! Okay, that's something new uh, to learn. Yeah, I'm qualified mountain leader. I love to go on hiking, and I I am up for hiking anytime mm-hmm. until I realized like you can actually do paragliding and skiing. Right. And when when I started doing skiing and paragliding, it completely changed my mind, and I'm like, oh, why 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 to hike when you can fly? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Why do you hike when you can just ski soar in the sky from down on ski? So yeah. yeah, I think uh, because of that, like exploring one thing and other things, and it just unlocks so many things for you. And mm. um, yeah, I'm a mountain leader. I'm a top pilot, uh, so I can fly uh, wings on my own. Nice. Uh, the best one I did was in Germany, the uh, on top of this Chitty Chitty Bang Bang Castle. So, wow. Yeah, we can do like flights from there. People pay thousands of pounds to do that. Yeah. I do from army, so I'm I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I do a lot of mountain biking. So I'm I like like I, I don't know if you have noticed or not because if I'm stuck doing something, I do whatever is available to me. So when I was in Brunei, there was lockdown. You cannot hike in Brunei. You cannot ski. No. Not paraglide in Brunei. Uh, literally, you cannot do anything. You cannot move. You don't want to move in Brunei. If you move, you're just like tired. Yeah, because it's so hot. Uh, yeah, so I started doing uh, water activities. So, oh, nice. Uh, I started surfing in Brunei. Oh, uh, so you can surf as well? I can surf, but I'm not a good surfer. Okay. I'm very uh, mature, so uh, I can surf. Uh, it's very fun. And I had very good pe- bunch of people in, the, in that surfing society we had yeah all local Bruneians and um my few Gurkha friends so it used to be a very good vibe and surf surfing is always good if you you never go wrong with surfing nice. um yeah i did surfing in Brunei and bali and then uh when we were biggest now you have to when you're surfing you have to wait for right waves yeah you have to wait for right place and you have to sort out so many other things then i started doing diving so oh wow yeah so the I, list is endless, basically. Yeah, so, uh, I had this fear because I had my eardrum um, uh, ruptured in 2016, which Ouch. was fixed later on. Um, mm. And then I, I had this fear that I cannot dive. Mm. But then whatsoever, I just went for it. Because I, I knew like if I go down there, and my, my if I can't do it, I have to come up. Yeah. And then I went down and I went down to the bottom of the sea and I was just exploring corals and after two three days I was literally flying inside water I could like oh, nice. dive I could go around I can maneuver it was just like flying inside water yeah so yeah I started doing diving and I travel a lot travel a lot a lot so I've traveled a lot in Southeast Asia I, a little bit in Europe um yeah I 
yeah i mean it sounds intense but very exciting and i think like if you kept going it would go on like to another two hours <laughs> but no it's it's been really fun and uh, i really enjoy talking to you and it's been very inspiring actually to have this conversation because i feel like yeah you're very like a driven person and i feel like we should all try and be as half as um ex- oh. as oh. much of an explorer as you are um but no, it's been really great, yeah. So thank you so much for obviously giving us your time and talking to us. And I think you've dropped words of wisdom here and there throughout the uh, recording. And like I said, I think by the time I release this episode, you'll have already uh, finished with your training and, you know, starting on your new journey. So all the best. And uh, I know, I'm sure you'll, your future will be shining bright and you'll have a great success in whatever you do because um, it sounds like you don't give up. So. Again, thank you for joining me today and all the best in your future endeavors. Thank you very much for having me. And of course, like uh, if there are listeners who are interested in um, joining the British Army, um, maybe uh, inspiring or have that thinking in the back of their mind to join the officer route, uh, they can always DM me and then I can just mm-hmm. guide them through any time maybe 2am 3am anytime from anywhere just drop me a text it doesn't take don't feel shy just drop me a text i'll reply and then yeah i'll guide through it i'll do everything possible in my position to help them uh, help you lot you lot so yeah feel free not just army maybe if you want to go do a uh, track i'm a modern leader mm. if you want to do like what paragliding i can uh text you i can give you ideas anything yeah. i'll just feel free just drop me a text and nice. yeah Thank you so much, Manoj. I'll uh, link all your um, profile, Instagram profiles and everything as well. But yeah, thank you. Thank you.